Thought Leadership Studio. You're listening to Thought Leadership Studio, the podcast that helps you master high-level positive mass influence to create distinctive business niches, captivate an audience, grow your following, and change the game by changing the frame with strategic thought leadership. Thought Leadership Studio. Welcome back to Thought Leadership Studio, and in this case, to our insightful journey into systems thinking in marketing. I'm Chris McNeil, strategic thought leadership coach and consultant, creator of the thought process, spelled T-H-A-U-T, of strategic thought leadership, and your guide through this transformative approach. And this is episode 64, called Systems Thinking and Marketing, the Leverage Points in Systems Learning of Strategic Thought Leadership. What this episode will do for you is help you unravel systems thinking by delving into the essentials of systems thinking and marketing and discovering how this approach can revolutionize your marketing strategies. See how marketing elements are interconnected and explore how viewing these marketing elements this way as part of a larger system leads to more effective and sustainable campaigns. Help you learn systemic tools and techniques like causal loop diagrams and how they can unveil deeper insights into marketing dynamics. Help you go beyond traditional marketing and understand why moving beyond a reductionist approach in marketing can lead to more innovative and impactful outcomes, including larger audiences gained more quickly with deeper engagement. Learn about how systems thinking elevates your approach to marketing, turning it into a form of strategic thought leadership. It's actually where strategic thought leadership came from, is taking a systems approach to marketing. And question prevalent mental models. Learn how challenging conventional mental models in marketing can provide great strategic advantage. But before we dive more deeply into this episode, in case you're new here, consider that I created the Thought Leadership Studio podcast to help listeners improve their thought leadership skills. So whether or not you consider yourself a thought leader at this point, consider that I've come to the conclusion that the practice of strategic thought leadership is now fundamental to effective marketing and helpful in any area of positive influence. It's about leading an audience to embrace a unique perspective that gives them more value. So this podcast is designed to provide an accelerated training process for which I use my expertise in design human engineering, neuro-linguistic programming, systems thinking, and game theory to create a condensed form of learning, and I recommend repeated listening for optimum empowerment. And an important part of this is having models of excellence, for which I provide interviews of people who excel in one or more areas relevant to strategic thought leadership. And if you're listening on an app, make sure you visit the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com 
It's linked in the episode description. For a summary of the episode with a curated transcript, a story and images, and additional resources and offers, such as the free Marketer's Guide to Strategic Thought Leadership, free PDF guide, and a free 30-minute brainstorming or discovery session with me in which we can address your thought leadership specifically. In today's episode, we're going to explore how systems thinking can reshape your marketing world. So traditional marketing often isolates the strategies and goals. All the various components are considered separately in isolation. But with systems thinking, we view marketing as an interconnected ecosystem. And this shift from a reductionist to a systemic view allows us to understand how these elements work together under a unifying purpose, such as audience empowerment customer experience. So join me as we unravel the power of systems thinking in creating impactful marketing strategies and fostering strategic thought leadership. So to begin, we're going to ask what is systems thinking and what is a system? And I don't think I could put it any better than the great systems thinker, Russell Acoff. Take it away. Leadership Studio. After one of my books appeared and a student came in, he said, Professor, I just read your new book. He said, It's very good contains a lot more than you know. Uh, that's true. So I'm going in freewheeling. I'm going to pick and choose from some of the things I said yesterday, perhaps the most insulting part, uh, to use today. Uh, my remarks have two foundations, two ideas out of which they spring, so let me deal with those first. First is the concept of systems and what systems thinking implies. A system is a whole that contains two or more parts, each of which can affect the properties or behavior of the whole. For example, you are a system, a biological system called an organism, and you have parts like your heart, stomach, lungs, pancreas, and so on, each of which can affect your properties and your behavior. The second requirement of the parts of a system is that none of them has an independent effect on the whole. How any part affects the whole depends on what other parts are doing. So the way your heart affects you depends on the behavior of the lungs, the brain, and so on. The parts are all interconnected. Between any two parts of a system, there's a direct or an indirect path. And finally, if you group the parts of a system in the subgroups, no matter how you subgroup them, each subgroup will have an effect on the properties and the behavior of the whole, and none will have an independent effect. And therefore, you can summarize those three characteristics of a system into a simple statement. A system is a whole that cannot be divided into independent parts. 
Now this has a number of consequences which are not apparent but are incredibly important. The first is the essential properties of any system derive out of how its parts interact, not on how they act taken separately. And therefore, the defining properties of any system are properties of the whole, which none of its parts have. For example, an automobile is a mechanical system and its essential property is its ability to carry you from one place to another, but no part of it can do that. There's no part of an automobile, its motor, its body, its seats, that can carry you from one place to another. It's only the automobile taken as a whole. Your essential property is life. There's no part of you which separately lives. Life is a property of the whole. And therefore, when the whole is disassembled, it loses its essential properties, and so do all of its parts. So let's start with the question, what is a system so eloquently answered by Mr. Acoff? Now, a system is a number of components that work together to serve a system purpose. And if you remove any of the components, it's no longer the same system. So as he mentioned, a car is a system that has the purpose of taking you from point A to point B. If you remove the tires, it can't serve that system purpose. A pile of dirt, on the other hand, is not a system because if you remove a shovel full of dirt, it has not changed its essential qualities. And now in terms of systems thinking and understanding it, it might help define it by contrasting it with its opposite counterpart, reductionist thinking. Reductionist thinking would take the car apart, look at the tires, the engine, the seats, the driver, the suspension separately and hone in on one particular area to try to make it better. And this reductionist thinking does have usefulness in certain situations. But in other situations, only by taking the system's view and instead paying more attention to the dynamics of how these parts work together to serve a greater system purpose and address the dynamics by learning how to impact the performance of a system as a system. Can we solve problems that reductionist thinking can't even get close to? And in terms of marketing, it's a difference between feeling like you're pushing against a wall when you're optimizing various components but sales aren't going up or they're even in the decline because the system is pushing back against you or alternately finding that leverage point, that place where just a little touch creates a breakthrough in performance. And that's the beauty, the silver bullet of systems thinking, finding leverage points to impact the performance of a system. And that's especially true in systems that are resistant to change with reductionist methods. And I would certainly put marketing systems in that category. So what I hope you get from this podcast episode is motivation and encouragement to start looking at your marketing as a whole system and use some of the tools of systems thinking to study it as a system, to study its system dynamics and to start to play with some leverage points with system interventions designed to improve system performance. 
because this isn't the kind of topic you can really gain full understanding of by hearing about it on a podcast or reading a book about it. You've really got to practice it. It's like reading a brochure about a motorcycle contrasted with a very different experience from having the wind tugging against your jacket, the smell of burnt oil, the shriek of the high revving engine, and the feel of the tires barely hanging on as you lean into a curve. Similarly, only by really applying these tools firsthand to an actual system can you act, really get the full benefit of it. So the purpose here is to give you ideas, some tools, and to encourage you to start putting them into practice. And hopefully also encourage you to suspend your current mental models about marketing as I suspend my talking as the plane flies by. And create what systems thinkers call a double loop learning environment where your normal modes of thinking, your normal mindset about marketing, your belief systems about what it is and what it's supposed to accomplish are just held to the side and suspended long enough so you can be open to other patterns and ways of thinking that can help you get more success, other patterns that studying your marketing as a whole system can reveal. So this episode isn't about teaching someone who has absolutely no knowledge of systems thinking how it works. For that, I would point you towards Donella Meadows' great book, Thinking in Systems, or the many videos on YouTube of Russ Acoff speaking on systems thinking, both of which I am linking to, or the work of John Seddon of the Vanguard Method, who's put systems thinking to work in service businesses, and a lot of what he's done has a lot of applicability in marketing as well. And I'm linking to all of this on the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. So if you are listening on an app, make sure you click the link in the episode description that will take you right there. And you'll see these links right near the top of the episode page. And what I'm really aiming for here, if you aren't already familiar with systems thinking, if you aren't already practicing systems thinking, I hope what this podcast would do for you is show you the power of thinking in systems. And if you already know something of systems thinking but haven't yet applied it fully to marketing, to consider the power of thinking in systems for creating marketing success and breakthroughs and help set you off on your own road to discovery, both in understanding systems thinking and in applying it to your own marketing and influence. So I hope it'll lead you to question the reductionist approach to marketing, which is all too common and maybe question your own mental models about marketing in a way that leads you to see the possibility for different models that breakthroughs can come from. And I'll share that in applying systems thinking to marketing myself, it certainly limits the customer base because there's many leaders who want to hire for help in marketing within the frame of their mental models of what marketing is. And at the same time, systems thinking can reveal the prevalence of dysfunctional mental models in marketing. And to me, that's a wonderful opportunity from the point of view of an individual or organization wanting to market and have great 
strategic advantage. But I would have to warn the listener that when you start seeing things in systems, when it starts to reveal opportunities for breakthroughs, others around you who don't see things in systems are likely to object because often these breakthroughs are counterintuitive to conventional thinkers. You have to be willing to follow your own star in spite of a potential course of dissenting voices. But when you see the truth revealed by a system's view, you can no longer unsee it. It's there. Whether or not the world agrees with you or not, and utilizing it can take you over the top. And realize, I'm not asking for your belief. All I'm asking for is your curiosity and your willingness to explore alternate points of view, your willingness to suspend your belief systems about what marketing is, what it's for, what it can do long enough to be able to consider alternate points of view that can perhaps help you create dramatic and powerful increases in audience size, audience engagement, leads, and sales. Perhaps without even aiming directly for them because one leverage point in taking the system's view is realizing that the system of our media doesn't perform very well when the system purpose is to target a prospect, strangely enough. But it can perform very well when the system goal is to serve the prospect. Serving the prospect with media means to have empathy for what's important to them and to lead them to alternate points of view about your product or service category that can help them get more of what's important to them. Perhaps without you even being attached as to whether it's best served by your own product or service. Although by having a relationship of service with the prospect, utilizing your media, they're much more likely to have the trust that makes him want to do business with you, even if your product or service is a commodity with no other difference. But it's all the better when you have distinctive advantages. Then working on the system with strategic thought leadership, which is what the system's thinking view has led me to, can inform how to best help your audience get more value out of the product or service, make a smarter buying decision, or perhaps even elevate its use to something new and better. Taking the customer point of view and designing marketing media comes from acknowledging that our prospects and our audience members are autonomous beings with their own goals and their own motives. They're not mindless components of a system like parts of a machine where the machine might have a system purpose goal, but the individual parts don't. This is a distinction in types of systems that was clearly illuminated by Russell Acoff that um, provided the YouTube clip that I played earlier. He said that there's types of systems where the system is goal-oriented, but the parts aren't. A car. There's types of systems where both the components of the system and the system itself are goal-oriented, and you treat those differently. But we have a prevalent paradigm in marketing that looks down the wrong end of the telescope through data-targeted marketing that doesn't fully consider the customer 
point of view. That's a great opportunity. I hope you take full advantage of. The why and how of systems thinking and marketing. So the question might be how to implement systems thinking and marketing. And one way to not do that is for leadership to hire a marketing agency to work within their mental models. When the agency is perceived as down the hierarchy, and the mental model of marketing of the leadership includes marketing being a division separate and distinct from the rest of the business. You might want to keep in mind management guru and systems thinker Peter Drucker's observation that marketing is not a division. It's how a business looks from the outside. Systems thinking is about being released from the constraints of prevailing mental models. That's what's called double-loop learning. By contrast, single-loop learning is when you learn to improve performance within a model. For example, a salesperson improving closing ratio of a prospect to customer during a specific stage of sales sequence. Getting better at that would be single-loop learning. Double loop learning would bring the level of mental models and assumptions and belief systems and values, higher level learning into learning loop. So that feedback would inform not only improvement within a model, like trying method A versus method B and method A closes 60%, method B closes 40%, but it would inform the model itself. It would question, is this the right way to go about it? It would question the system goals. For example, when the goal is to sell someone to increase sales, the experience of the prospect is very different from when the goal is to empower a prospect to make a more conscious decision about purchasing resources to better fulfill higher values and thereby lead an enriched life. Remember the distinction Russ Acoff has made between systems who have members that are autonomous and goal-oriented and those that aren't. You gotta treat them differently, but most marketing doesn't. It treats customers, prospects, like cogs in a machine, not autonomous beings, when you really look at the 
fundamental assumptions behind these models. That's why multiple perspectives is very important to this process. Being able to fully immerse in the role of the audience member, fully immerse in the role of the prospect, as well as step back to the observer position and see the interaction while being clean of the feelings of either side in particular. These multiple perspectives bring in more information with which to better optimize the system. So in this case, the double loop learning stance might question the need for that type of closing meeting with those type of objectives at all and perhaps question the premise behind the whole system and ask if it would be better to operate from a model designed to achieve the purpose of empowering prospects rather than one designed to target prospects. Russ Acoff was on to something with his observation of the distinction between systems in which members are autonomous with goals of their own and those that are caught in the machine. Does your marketing model currently imply you see prospects as cogs in a machine or as autonomous entities with their own goals and objectives to serve. Which viewed as big data, which tracks people to predict their next purchase based on past behavior and courage. And what about the alternative view of strategic thought leadership where it's a co-creation of a better future with a prospect that couldn't have been as easily predicted because it's creative rather than repetitive. And by being creative, it's further life enriching for all involved. Gaining a fast experience of success in systems optimized marketing. Another aspect of dealing with systems is understanding the perceptual distortions that come from time delays that are inherent in systems. Building what we call an online learning complex that serves the audience member rather than targeting them takes some time to come to maturity. Yet the evidence points to this being a much more efficient and effective way of marketing. And when you look at HubSpot studies that show that inbound leads that come to you of their own volition through your content cost only about a third of what outbound leads obtained through targeting them cost, that's a pretty good return on investment, a 300% increase in leads per dollar spent for simply having the patience to do it right. Yet I know that engaging in marketing programs also requires a sense of a fast experience of success. And that's addressed in some search engine optimization circles by doing some paid placement as the organic search placement takes this time. You want to be tops on Google, we'll, we'll pay your way up there until the organic links that people are more likely to click on build in strength. But in doing systems thinking marketing interventions with strategic thought leadership, which the system's view is revealed as the best way to market can bring a fast experience of success also by looking at the current customer acquisition systems already at play. And rather than deciding how to obtain customers with conjecture around a table in a boardroom, we study where the actual customers have come from to map that as a system and look to repeat and enhance what's already working 
as well as optimizing the system in new directions. And by looking at all those steps of engagement and optimizing conversion stages there while the system's view is starting to take hold, we're operating with a healthier system as well. And my experience has been that you can generate some very fast breakthroughs by reframing the sales experience as one of creating a buying environment full of rapport and trust because you actually have the prospect's best interest at heart and you fully and completely recognize the role in the system as autonomous with their own goals. Thought Leadership Studio. So, let's consider the best of internet philosophy. In considering improving marketing as a system from the customer, client, or audience member's point of view, you should consider a best of internet philosophy with the internet including artificial intelligence for what I call the learning pull that you are aiming to satisfy. Learning pull is the demand for empowerment your prospects look for online and with AI ahead of making a purchase decision. What's the best the internet can already do? And how can you improve the internet's response to that particular polar demand for learning or empowerment? Of course, improving the whole internet's response seems like a very tall order until you realize the narrowness of the very specific demand or pull that you're aiming to satisfy. And of course, that requires being aware of the pull on the internet that you can do a better job of for pre-purchase empowerment. The challenge here is the demand for pre-purchase empowerment where people are using the internet to make a smarter buying decision or learn how to get more out of a product or service category or how to satisfy a value that may not even yet be connected to this product or service category, or express a less than fully functional way of looking at things that could be improved upon for getting more fulfillment of a value that could be connected to this product or service category. The challenge is, all this is off the radar of the typical business leader because people are doing this kind of research ahead of reaching out to an organization directly. They have to get to a certain mental state of readiness before they reach out and say, I'm interested in your product or service. And when people reach out to an organization directly, it's just at that point that your organization becomes aware of what they're going for. But this may have to evolve over time in multiple sessions of learning over the internet or elsewhere to come to a state of readiness for engagement. So a couple of places to learn what people are looking to discover, be empowered about on the internet are conversations online where people speak openly about a product or service like Reddit or in the comments section of a polarizing blog. Blogs that polarize people are extremely helpful 
because people generally will be very direct about sharing their mental models and their values when they feel they are being stepped on. So when we become conscious of these unmet higher values and prevalent mental models, it's when we can satisfy that demand for learning in our category. If we can begin to study how well the internet responds to this and begin to build a model, an online learning complex that is best of the internet in this specific category, the best of the internet in terms of empowerment by leading the way and getting more higher value satisfaction of creating a fresh mental model that's more empowering than the prevalent ones. So another aspect of the whole system's view is looking at the whole of your media and business interactions together and how well this whole satisfies these higher values and how well it does or how much does your current system get in the way of that? What models in your current system could get in the way. And this is different from how traditional marketing is handled, where an agency is hired by a business leader or team of leaders and expected to create marketing within the constraints of the mental models of what these leaders think marketing is. But with the transparency the internet provides with concepts of the visible expert and strategic thought leadership, both including accessibility to the individuals behind the business models, these experts in these organizations that before would hide behind logos or hide behind layers of a hierarchy and try to delegate down that hierarchy to get marketing done. All that's going to distort the system. It's going to smear the impact of the empowerment they could offer an audience and that only an integrated approach could do. It may be an approach that could help them package their knowledge to best empower an audience, and that's going to work. Hence, the name Online Learning Complex. So this explains why I use coaching and consulting and acting as a fractional chief marketing officer as opposed to the old model used as a digital agency. In the fifth discipline, Peter Singe recognized the need to work on systems as comrades. Even people who normally would report to another of the hierarchy in day-to-day -day work, he'd have them shift to the comrade role to, when they're working on systems. And this is because information doesn't flow up and down the hierarchy. And understanding this helps reveal the need for marketing interventions on a systems level being done more from a coach and or a consultant role rather than an agency role that might be perceived as down the hierarchy. It has to be a relationship of equals so the information flows. It has to be an environment of double loop learning where the game rules include mutual discovery, mutual learning, and holding up mental models, not as sacred cows, but to be questioned and put on the shelf adjacent to perhaps better mental models that can lead to breakthroughs. Breakthroughs happen when paradigms shift. Breakthroughs happen when mental models are questioned. Thought Leadership Studio.
So this has been Thought Leadership Studio, Episode 64, Systems Thinking in Marketing. I'm your host, Chris McNeil, Strategic Thought Leadership Coach and Consultant, creator of the thought process of strategic thought leadership. We've had a long run of having some fantastic guests. It's been a few months since I've done an episode without a guest, and my wife, Megan, was saying, you need to do an episode without a guest once in a while. It gives some people the straight story on strategic thought leadership right from the horse's mouth. Uh, So that's what this is all about. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you are getting some inspiration to start to apply or apply more systems thinking in your marketing to find some leverage points and get some breakthroughs. If you haven't already subscribed, make sure you subscribe. Give me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. And if you're on an app, make sure you click on the link to go to the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. There's a lot of free resources, including the Marketer's Guide to Strategic Thought Leadership and a free 30-minute discovery session with me to brainstorm together on your own strategic thought leadership. Over now. See you next episode. Thought Leadership Studio.